I've been extremely fortunate to have really great relationships with the majority of the mothers in my life. Like for instance, my mama, my mama, I absolutely love my mom. Coming from a single mom household where it was just the two of us, that is my rock. I love her so much. And honestly, I kind of pray for a better mother in love. My husband's mom is beyond what I would have even wished for, for this mother of my spouse. She exceeds what I would have ever hoped for. And to see a lot of my friends that are coming into their own as moms, as they start to have children and seeing them kind of in this new stage of life has been so satisfying to see, especially the friends where you knew them then. <laughs> Like you knew her when she was out here in these streets. Like you knew her when. So to see her growth now, to see her just evolve into this pillar of strength and responsibility and wisdom. And I love this so much for my friends and all of the amazing moms that have been in my life. If you couldn't tell, episode three is dedicated to the moms. So the stories I'm telling you about today all have one thing in common, a mother's love. And how that love manifests will vary but trust me, you'll see and you will appreciate every single story. Welcome to another episode of I'll Tell You What. Mother's Day weekend, all runners. So if you are a mama or a maternal figure, like an auntie or a big sister that acts like a mama, I hope you are getting pampered this weekend or at least getting a free meal. And whether that is going to a restaurant or somebody is cooking out and you coming over to their house, I hope you take a plate to go. Anyway, I'm Ashley, the host of I'll Tell You What. And if you're new here, I'll Tell You What is a weekly deep dive of some of the most epic engagements, weddings, and marriages that have occurred throughout Black history. Our trip down memory lane isn't met with malintent, but comes from a place of nostalgia, inspiration, but is most of all rooted in realism. You know, you probably haven't seen Black history like this before, but trust me, you will absolutely love it. <laughs> if you're watching I'll Tell You What on the tube of you, thank you. And if you're listening to I'll Tell You What wherever you get your podcasts, I appreciate you also. Don't forget to follow us everywhere, including Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, LinkedIn, the list goes on. Whether you're following I'll Tell You What or Hue I Do, which is the overall brand, I am truly, truly thankful. If you want to support I'll Tell You What, just head to our Etsy store and grab a few pieces of merch. This helps me keep this podcast together and running for you to enjoy every single week. But if you don't get paid until next week or the end of the month trust me i get it it is okay you can show support of i'll tell you what by sharing the podcast leaving us a comment or a review and following us everywhere you can just know that however you support i am truly truly thankful so 
Y'all gotta tell me. But what did you think about the episode on Mr. Harry Belafonte? Now, I've already seen the comments on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, and trust me, y'all did not disappoint. Y'all definitely said what I thought y'all would say. But if you ever wanna reach out to I'll Tell You What, whether it's to send in a request, add a comment, have a question, what have you, feel free to reach out through the contact form linked in the notes below, and I promise I will link it this time, or you can actually email I'll tell you what at I'll at huidu.com and that is spelled A-I-S-L-E at H-U-E-I-D-O dot C-O-M. But like I mentioned before, we talk about the mothers. No, you didn't see white chicks? Anyway, <laughs> some of these stories you might have heard of and some honestly might be new to you. But like I said before, you are going to enjoy all of them. So let's dive on in now first i have to tell you about mrs ertle evans or chubby checkers mama but first i gotta tell you about chubby checker so he was born ernest evans and was a popular artist back in the wop bop a loo bop a bop bamboo era or at least that was the era i associate him with he basically popularized the twist but i'm not saying he created the twist i'm not saying he started the twist i'm just saying that he popularized the remake of the song like his remake is the version of the twist that a lot of people associate with in january 1963 chubby was in in the Philippines and met Harlem-born Katarina Lauders. She had just won the Miss World pageant two months before representing the Netherlands and he was in the Philippines performing. I'm not sure when they began to date but in October 1963 they were seen out and about in London. The magazines wanted to know what was going on so they reached out to Chubby and said all right what's going on with y'all y'all about to get married and he said quote he's too young to marry but just two months later on December 12th 1963 chubby would propose to katarina and she would say yes and at that point she was 21 and he was 22 so you know just two months later now we're old enough to get married well the following april there were rumors that chubby and katarina's engagement was about to be called off and this was because there were reports that she just left and went back home to holland where chubby's manager henry colt would say that she had some modeling obligations she had to take care of before her Miss World 1962 reign came to an end. And his manager also denied one of the major barriers in their relationship, Chubby's mama. Because that spring, Chubby's mom, Mrs. Evans, showed her entire behind. I'm telling you, this lady showed out. She drove to church wearing this mink coat that Chubby gave her, sat through the entire sermon, and then afterwards wanted to say something to the congregation. Mrs. Evans gets up and says, quote, I want all of you to pray with me this morning that God keeps my son from getting married to that white girl. She's ruining his life. Now she kept going on. She was like, just because Ernest is my son doesn't make him any different. He should marry a girl of his own color. This girl doesn't really love him. She's just marrying him because he's chubby checker. Now this 
bigger from his mom made Chubby go into hiding in New Jersey after moving out of his family home. Katarina was staying at the home too until she was kicked out by his mom. Mrs. Evans said, quote, I told him I couldn't stand her around here anymore. Now you have to remember, this was about three years before the Supreme Court would allow for interracial marriage to be legal. Interracial relationships wasn't unheard of, nor was interracial marriage because some states actually did allow it. But even though it wasn't uncommon to necessarily hear of an interracial relationship, it did not mean that it was widely accepted. Like around this time, Chubby was apparently doing a free performance for an NAACP benefit and was booed before he even got the chance to begin. That poor man just ended up canceling the whole performance. But his mama poured salt in the womb and was like, basically, that's what he gets. She said, quote, that girl has wrecked his career and scandalized his family. She's nothing, just nothing. And she's nasty. His mom like went on this long diatribe about this girl. She said that this girl took him away from the church and that he don't care about his mama no more. Like she just went on and on and on like, girl. Girl. But Chubby, who is obviously extremely hurt by his mom's words and actions, said that this would not deter him from marrying the love of his life. So on April 12, 1964, at Temple Lutheran Church in New Jersey, Chubby and Katarina got married. And afterwards, they moved into an apartment in Philadelphia. They tried to get a house, but ran into some discrimination due to obviously being an interracial couple. But they would eventually buy a home outside out of Philly in 1965. And as for his mom, Chubby said he straightened that out. And the real issue actually was because of the language barrier between his mom and his wife. Now, personally, I don't know about that, but his mom would have had to have gotten over it because let me tell you this, Chubby and Katerina are still married today. They're both in their 80s and have been married for almost 60 years of marriage. Like actually next April will make 60 years. Can you believe it? I know times have changed, but my goodness. We're gonna take a very quick break and then we are going to hop into the second story for this Mother's Day episode. And we're back. So, so most people probably don't know about the time when Todd Bridges from Different Strokes married his mama. Alright, well not really, but like, sorta. Alright, you gotta go with me. So, in 1991, Todd's mama, Betty Bridges, was engaged to a man named Marcos Niscasio. Now, Betty was an actress and an acting coach, and Marcos was a chemist, but he was also a native of Tortola, which is an island in the British Virgin Islands, while Betty lived in Los Angeles. Now, I don't necessarily know how these two met, or how their relationship even evolved, or even how long they dated. But what I do know is that he was supposed to be with Betty in this Las Vegas penthouse suite at the Aladdin Hotel, but there was an issue with his immigration papers. So thank goodness for Alexander Graham Bell because at $2,500 a night, which would be almost $6,000 a night today, the wedding 
must go on. So in front of 30 friends and family members, Betty recited her vows over the phone as the telephone operator, Erica McGuire, translated what was said in Spanish for the groom to understand. Now standing in for his stepfather was Todd, who also recited the vows and acted as a witness to the wedding. And he also placed the ring on his mother's finger. And even though you may be thinking, this was not a real wedding by any means. Oh, I am here to tell you that it was. This wedding was officiated by Pastor Ernest Johnson and they had a wedding singer, Miss Talita Long. Talita Long is also Nia Long's mother. Yes, she sang A Time for Caring, Loving You, and The Lord's Prayer. Now, after the ceremony ended, Betty sat on the bed and just talked to her husband. Not sure if the translator was also in the room and I'm not sure what everybody else did because again, there were about 30 people there, including Betty's parents. And honestly, I don't even really know what happened to their marriage as the details around this relationship and marriage were actually extremely, extremely few. And I know that's not quite the Mother's Day story you thought you were gonna hear on this episode, but you know what? Mama needs some love too. All right, so let's go in to the next Mother's Day story. Now imagine dropping your kid off at school and when you go to pick them up, they aren't there. And then you go home expecting that maybe they got a ride home and nope, they're not there either. So naturally you're going to panic, right? Okay, so this happened to Lindiwe Dalamini. I hope I pronounced that right. On October 9, 2002, she took her 18-year-old daughter, Zina Malangu, to school. Now, her daughter was prepping for the A-level exams, which are like the SAT or ACT exam. Basically, something you have to take before headed to college or university. Well, when she went to go pick her up at 4.30, she wasn't there. And then she goes home and Zena's not there either. Zena's brothers also didn't know what had happened. Now, the father of the three kids passed away in 1985. So the feeling leaned away was experiencing felt very reminiscent to that. Then she receives a phone call from a cousin that says he talked to one of the King's aides and they took Zena. Now, Lindeway eventually talks to the aide and lets him know that she's gonna get her baby back no matter what and she will not be held responsible for whatever she does if she can't and that man just kind of laughed at her through the phone so then she starts playing things back in her mind like what could have possibly led up to this right about a month or so back, Zena was invited by a friend who was actually Miss Swaziland at the time, a girl named Nozifo Shabangu, to attend the Reed Dance. Now the Reed Dance is this event where unmarried girls and the young ladies of the country cut reed leaves for the annual repairs of the windbreaks of the Queen's Mother's Village. Thank you, Britannica.com. This is also a chance for King Mswati III to find a new bride. Now, Anyway, didn't want her to go, but let her go anyway. And after that, Zena was invited to another royal event with her friend. And allegedly during that time, she met the king for the first time. Now, apparently a week after that event, two men went to Zena's paternal grandparents and asked to take her to the royal crawl or village. But no one assumed that the king actually wanted her to be a bride of his because she's a twin and apparently like being a twin is bad luck. So at that point, the king already had like six 
or seven wives, which was nothing compared to the amount his father had. Now, articles vary in the amount. Some said he had 60 wives, other had 70, but I read a few that said he actually had more than 100 wives. So after consulting with her daughter's grandparents, Lindy Wade decided to pursue legal action. She requested that her daughter be returned home as she claimed her daughter was kidnapped. Now, I read that apparently most parents should be grateful that their daughter was chosen and by Linda Wade taking this approach some speculated if she was even a native of the country. Now during this time Linda Wade had no contact with her daughter and learned about her well-being through hearsay in the news and a lot of this was kind of PR stunts by the royals right. So Linda Wade didn't really know actually how her daughter was doing. Now her lawyer argued that this was an abduction because Zena was under the age of 21 but however the king cannot be charged because you see there the king is above the law. So though many advocacy groups felt like this was sending the wrong message and essentially made the women of Swaziland or now Iswatini powerless. Now the judges there also were low-key being bullied like the attorney general notified them that if they continue hearing the case they will lose their jobs immediately and allegedly the director of public prosecution's office was broken into multiple times because of this. The case was postponed indefinitely by early November of 2002 and shortly after that Zena was officially the king's fiance or Lipo Vela. I hope I pronounced that right. Now Lindiwe got to talk to Zena for the first time three weeks after she had been taken and Zena was living in the royal guest house and was not able to have visitors yet but she was able to chat with her mom on the phone about twice a day and that was something that didn't make Lindiwe feel necessarily good but felt like you know what this is better than nothing. Now over two decades later Zena is one of King Maswati's queens. She's technically Queen Lamalangu. She became a queen in 2010 and since then has given birth to a son in 2004 and a daughter in 2013. Now the idea of being a princess or a queen is cute in kind of the Disney sense but you just have to imagine how Lindaway felt. Like she just wanted her daughter to have a chance to forge her own path. Prior to October 2002, Zena was studying to be an industrial psychologist. Lindaway was quoted saying, I don't want the king to be my daughter's husband. She has other plans for her life. Like she knew and even said that her daughter wouldn't be able to be independent as one of many wives to the king. And like most great moms, she just wanted the best for her baby. Tell me what you think or even if you remember this because this was an international story around that time. One place I read said it was basically like the democracy versus monarchy and kind of like all of the feelings around that so I can imagine it was a lot of kind of internal conflict. Ugh. Now we have one more story to go but trust me you will absolutely love it. And we're back. So this story I'm about to tell you about, I just have to tell you about. This was truly one of the sweetest stories I've ever heard of. So it all began in the late 1990s when a young Camille met her future husband Jason during the first week of medical school. They dated and three years later on July 15th, 2000, they got married. And for some married couples, the next step is to start trying for kids, right? 
Well, Camille has endometriosis, which is a chronic reproductive condition that can impact one's ability to conceive and carry to term. More than 11% of American women have endometriosis, but Camille and Jason really wanted to have kids, so they did what many do when they want to have kids. It. And they also tried six rounds of IVF over the course of, I believe, five years, but did not find success. Her doctor suggested, you know what, maybe you should adopt or maybe you should find a surrogate. Now going the route of surrogacy is not something everyone can easily do. I mean, one, you have the cost, but two, it can just be hard for some to process that somebody else will be carrying their child or children. And if the surrogate is someone you don't know or have a relationship with, it can be an even harder mental hurdle to get over. Well, Camille's mama, who is also a doctor, wanted to help. She saw on TV how someone's mom was a surrogate for their daughter and thought, maybe I could do this too. She talked it over with her husband and they're like, yeah, go see. At this time, Camille's mama, Dr. Tanina Cade, was 55 and postmenopausal. They took this idea to their doctor and the doctor confirmed that actually her mom could carry a fertilized egg. So Camille and Jason began IVF with Tanina and on the second try, she was pregnant. But not only was she pregnant with one baby, she was actually pregnant with three, right? They were due in February 2005. Well, honestly, as you would imagine, pregnancy was not easy on her. She had to use a wheelchair and avoid stairs due to the size of her bump. But shortly after Christmas on December 28, 2004 in Richmond, Virginia, she gave birth via c-section to her grandbabies two boys and one girl <gasps> what a gift right like oh my gosh the words that she used to sum up this experience was quote god is good i know that's right dr k he really is in 2005, Dr. Camille and Jason Hammond created the Tanina Q. Cade Foundation to help other families like theirs. The Cade Foundation provides, quote, information, support, and financial assistance to help needy and fertile families overcome infertility. Now, over the last 18 years, they've provided over 170 families with assistance towards their fertility journey and helped bring 78 babies into this world. Like, I love this so much. Oh my gosh. If y'all want to learn more about the Cade Foundation, just head to cadefoundation.org. You can also donate to help others achieve their family goal too if this story personally touched you. And FYI, it is a legitimate 501c3 organization, so you can actually write off a donation on next year's taxes. Whew, that is such a sweet story. Oh, I wanted to leave y'all with a really great one to wrap the Mother's Day episode of I'll Tell You What. So you probably heard this on the last episode, but I'm going to say it again. Next month, we are going to start show nups or show nuptials. And I want to see your wedding moments. So send over photos from your wedding or wedding related events. Or even if you've never had a wedding before, I want to see you as a wedding guest. I don't care whether you got married 30 years ago or three weeks ago, or whether you were a wedding guest back in 1982, or you were a flower girl. Send 
send me those pictures. <laughs> we all want to see them, right? I want to be able to share y'all's stories just as much as everyone else's. All you have to do is head to the link in the notes below, fill out the form, upload the photos, and you might see yourself on an upcoming episode of I'll Tell You What. I want to start showing off y'all's pictures next month, so send them in. <laughs> and like I mentioned before, if you have any questions or requests or any thoughts, what have you, please send them my way. You can fill out the contact form, which is linked in the notes below, or email I'll Tell You What at aisle at huido.com. That's A-I-S-L-E at H-U-I-D-O dot com. And if you're planning your wedding or getting close to that stage in your life, don't forget to listen to Hue I Do the podcast. You can find those episodes here as well. If you're watching this on the tube of you, know that there's over 145 episodes and we're slowly trying to upload them all to this feed as well. But if you listen to podcasts and you like your podcast that way, you can find all 149 episodes right now. Please, 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 friends, if you've been enjoying I'll Tell You What, the podcast, don't forget to leave us a review. It'll help other people that love this type of Black history find this as well. Thank you in advance. And as I say every single week, don't forget to follow us every single place that you can. All of the links are in the notes below. Also, if you're watching on the tube of you, you will see our handles on the screen. So don't forget to go ahead and follow. And if you are watching on the tube of you, if you haven't subscribed as of yet, I highly suggest you go do so right now so you get an update every single time. We got some new stuff that drops and you know we're dropping it like it's hot all the time. <laughs> I'm so sorry for that. I, I apologize. I'm actually too young to have made that type of a reference. But anyway, um, again, Thank y'all so much. If you want to support, I'll tell you what, because I need your support. This is my birthday month. So can y'all like kind of do something for a kid? You know what I'm saying? Like whether you get a shirt, some merch, show some love in some form or fashion, do that for me. That could be your birthday gift to me. My birthday's on Memorial Day. Head to our Etsy and grab some merch. New pieces of merch are being added all the time. There's plenty of stuff for you to grab all runner. Just go ahead and do that. But just know either way, truly, appreciate it. And if you want to follow me for whatever reason, you could follow me at Demi Tosh on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. That is D-E-M-I-T-A-S-H-E because I am a little cup of coffee. So don't forget to come back next week for another episode of I'll Tell You What brought to you by Who I Do. Happy Mother's Day again, everyone. All right. Love y'all. Bye.